and yeah and it, it, that is basically trying to kind of build the vision right about uh, the actual owner is expecting about the, the new uh, building right so if at some point you're, you're talking just for the capital investment yeah well it's going to be expensive right but if you're taking as a consideration not only the design portion or the construction portion but if you see like the operation and maintenance you can see like in the graphics how the, those graphics are, are telling you that the, the actual uh, money spent on those type of buildings is mostly in, in, in how you manage the actual building right and you see the graphics you can see like construction you can go as lower as 10 percent of the whole situation and uh, the actual design portion, including this type of certification, is only one percent or, or, or part of it, right? So I think it's it's, it's yes, the, yeah the type of mentality and vision how that uh, building will perform over the years, right? In terms that uh, yeah this building is meant to last for around fifty to one hundred years, type of thing, right? So and honestly, nobody builds to last one hundred years. That's right. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a roof warranty for a hundred years or any product warranty <laughs> no. other than stone? <laughs> I, I would love that. to see people building for. <laughs> Me too. Me too. That, that's why these podcasts are important. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to kind of just build vision for everybody, one right? Day. So one day we're 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 striving for it. So that's yeah, right. I think. I think my next question goes related with, yeah, in your own words, can you tell us why it's important to certify your building? I think green building certification is important because it aligns the green or sustainability intentions and performance requirements and commitments of the stakeholders, so primarily the owner group, it aligns them around that shared green building goal and it provides a third party representation of all those decisions and all those considerations that were made from day one. Rather than saying we should do this or we should shadow this or we should emulate this standard, it's it's quantifying and proving and verifying the performance that that matters. It's no different than a company having a financial audit. I know that there's a little bit of tongue tongue in cheek around getting the plaque, but really, do you want to be working with a, a financial institution that doesn't have a third party audit and doesn't have a corporate sustainability report and doesn't have a social accountability, uh, clear and transparent brief offered to the public? I, I feel the same way about buildings. So that that certification, that confirmation and that verification that the building is meeting those green requirements, that it's aligning the green building program around that, those common goals and that there's there's quantifiable data behind it. I think that's a really, really the strongest way that you can demonstrate your commitment to green building, the strongest way that you can show your, you're walking your talk and in perpetuity, you know, that that review will stand the test of time and will provide, I think, a basis for future improvements. So I think those certifications are important because we have to assume that the market's going to keep evolving and transforming and that we're going to keep getting better. So 
now it provides that demonstration of that commitment and, and the proof and walking the talk. But in the future, those certifications will provide the baseline from which we want to launch and, and go further in terms of our performance. It's almost like the way how I look this is that uh, it's almost like an insurance policy, right? Where trying to kind of just convey that to the client is for them to understand that, okay, your building will perform well and not only because I said so, because uh, it has been on eyes of uh, pre-expertise uh, people and professional people. So, of course, you, you will get what you were planning for, right? So Yes, yeah, right. My next question is related that, uh, yeah, this was uh, one question that I received from, from one of uh, the students that are looking at this audience. Can we achieve like uh, several certifications simultaneously? So somebody that is looking for a lead building, it also apply for a net zero building and also can apply for a wealth uh, type of certification. What is your approach on that? Oh, well... I don't see that there's anything precluding that from happening, but honestly, I don't know that I've encountered an instance of that happening mm -hmm. because really the, the certifying bodies are all independent, right? So the Canada Green Building Council operates independently and autonomously from Bill Green Canada and from BOMA Canada. So a project could potentially get multiple certifications maybe simultaneously is a bit of a stretch but certainly within a reasonable a reasonably similar time frame and i would extend that also to living building challenge and well building and and some and net zero net and no, no net zero is interesting if you don't mind me going on a bit of a tangent there net sure. zero is specifically focused on energy performance correct and so a non-lead or a non otherwise green building could still achieve net zero performance. Correct. Right. So um, I think quite a few green buildings are, are good candidates for future net zero readiness. And, and I would like to see those two streams of green building or those, those two, what's a good word for it? Objectives, those two types of objectives being run in parallel on green building projects. Correct. Because, yeah, at the beginning of this series, I was uh, uh, interviewing one member of the Passive House Canada, and I was asking the same question, like, what, what, uh, what do you think is the main difference between the different certifications, right? And I was uh, talking about, uh, yeah, of course, LEED uh, certification, uh, passive house certification and net zero building certification and he ended up saying that well it's different approach right it depends on what the client wants to achieve on his uh, building that depends on what is the requirement in order to kind of just pursue a specific type of certification my input on that one it was like also the scale of the project right i would like to know your approach on that one sure uh, the so passive house it really is its own its own beast. It's very much focused on an airtight, super energy efficient building that doesn't need any source of combustion to keep itself warm and or or to keep the occupants comfortable. And 
when you're looking at passive house, I mean, that's a, that calculator is terrifying. That's a very rigorous set of calculations and a, a spreadsheet and a matrix that a lot of people have nightmares about. Uh, but they, they work. The first, I think the first passive house building was actually in Saskatchewan and whether or not it was, it wasn't registered because it was back in the seventies, but you know, the, the Germans decided to take our, our building in cold climate and perfect it and came back with this, this very robust standard. Other green building systems aim to come close and they aim to improve energy efficiency. But because most of the standards we deal with, like LEED or Bill Green uh, or even BOMA Best, because they're a combination of sustainability strategies, there's no one particular focus and therefore energy would, would not have, or energy efficiency and air tightness would never have the intense focus that it does in passive house. So when you're, when you're building a passive house building, the features there are your, I can't remember the, the amount of air changes per hour, but it's, it's such a tight building and the walls are super thick and it's very well insulated. There's no thermal bridging. It, it relies on sunlight to, to heat the thermal mass inside the home or the building. And, and it works really, really well in climates where you have sunshine and not really, really dark periods. Whereas the other green buildings such as LEED and, and Bell Green and Boma they look at a combination of energy and water and materials and air quality and landscape and sustainable transportation, and you can build them anywhere, and you're going to get good performance out of the buildings. No, right? So yeah, yeah, no, and actually, uh, thank you for for enhance this uh, these thoughts. Right, I think this yeah. this is open for further uh, conversation about the different approach and trying to kind of see. At the end of the day, and what I'm looking for this is that uh, at least to have the awareness to do better on every design construction and take in consideration best practices and sustainability, that's the first step, right? At least mm-hmm. you, you have it in your mind and at least you want to pursue something, right? So uh, thank you for, for your comments. Well, I have some more questions, but the time is a constraint. So I have just a couple of last questions. This following question is more for you, Lindsay, about uh, about your perception about the life and the education for people that are listening these audios. And this goes like this. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? When I began my career in sustainable buildings? That's or right. when I began? Okay. Yeah, your, your career in, in your actual uh area of expertise yeah <laughs> i didn't know anything <laughs> when i began my career in sustainable like, nobody did i uh i i mean i think we are always learning there's like, every single day there's a new standard or something's changing or involving or there's a new program or there's new technology so i'm always on my toes i'm always learning but i think i i guess i wish I had known more about whole building energy efficiency. I think as advice to anyone who's interested in the field of sustainability, those who understand energy efficiency of buildings, you know, via mechanical, electrical and architectural systems, that's a, that's a very important and critical piece of this whole industry. And it's codified 
It's, you know, National Energy Code buildings. It's not going away and it's it's becoming more and more important. And I call good energy modelers unicorns because they're amazing and they're hard to find and everybody wants one. And that's one thing, one area where I, I wish I had specialized a little bit more had I known how important and critical it would be. But I'm very, very thankful and grateful for the generalized knowledge that I have that covers all these building systems, even even without that specialized focus in, in energy modeling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's incredib- incredible how everything is well connected, right? At some point, you can mm-hmm. think that uh, you can just live in your own bubble, <laughs> but it's not like that. <laughs> you, you have to be connected, right? You have to be connected oh, with yeah. every discipline. And, and what yeah. we are trying to find is that holistic approach, right? We'll where the uh, the benefits will be carried on towards the client or the final user, right? So, uh, no, thank you for, for your, your input. And the last question is, how can we connect with you or your company? Well, we like to, to advertise ourselves as very approachable and responsive. So we do have a web form on... Three Point Environmental, www.threepointenvironmental.com. That's our, our website. And I um, I think my contact information is on there. So I do encourage people to reach out by email. And I am active on LinkedIn. I'm not a huge social media bug, but I'm trying on the Twitter. <laughs> and we can always, you know, in one day when things open up again we were hosting lunch and learns we welcomed people to come and meet our team at the office and hopefully one day we'll be able to offer those those learning sessions again and and the client parties again but for now the website is probably the best bet for people to reach out to us or linkedin like i said for me on linkedin that's where i am most of the time that's perfect i'm for sure i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna put the link on the description of this audio so everybody can just do the click and just find out the the contact and yeah this is pretty approachable so yeah if you have any questions (laughs) you can just uh Listen these audios and everybody can just uh, see what uh, set of mind we are, the both of us, and go from there. Thank you, Lindsay, for your time. Thank you for being open to this craziness. <laughs> and, Thank you, uh, Carlos. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, we can have uh, future uh, projects and work together in so many more in the future. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also. If you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.